Hey, welcome to the Theofit Podcast. This is your host, Paul Maxwell. And today, uh, I'm going to talk about how to build strength as fast as possible. But before we get to that, I want to say that this episode is brought to you by, as always, our own Theofit resources. So you can get the Theofit membership at theo.fit slash membership or access our free uh, uh, workout series with an instructional videos for every fitness level. I don't ask for your email. It's none of that stuff. People ask me all the time, what uh, diet should I be using? What workout should I be using? And what I've created is uh, a very simple workout sheet-based, video-based template that you can use for beginner, intermediate, or advanced levels, whether you want to go to the gym or whether you want, I have a body weight option if you want to use that as well. But in particular, uh, so many people use this part of the site. So this is by far and away, thousands of uh, people visit this these few pages on the core series at theo.fit slash core, this workout uh, template that I've created. So, you know, thousands of people use this every single month. So I've put it all into a book and it's everything from the discipline uh, principles, how to build discipline, how to build willpower, how to build routine and habit to the exact workout routine you should be using in the gym to uh, uh, exactly how to calculate what you should be eating in order to hit your goal, whether that's strength gain, muscle gain, fat loss, whatever it is. I put that all in a book and that book is called Finally Fit. Uh, and it's how to essentially beat laziness, make the right goals, use the correct strategies to reach those goals. Because for so long, so many people, they try inadequate methodologies. They, 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 they give up too quickly. There's so many things that can go wrong and sabotage your attempts to get in shape, your attempts to reach the body that you've always wanted. And I know so many people who, you know, especially running Theofit, I get contacted by people every day who just have convinced themselves that it's impossible for them for some reason to get the body that they want or the strength that they want or to live, uh, you know, with the healthfulness that they desire. They feel too stuck, too trapped. And that's why I started Theofit. That's why I created the series. And that's especially why I've put it all in a book. And the real amazing part of this book or what the, the real virtue of this book I think especially the practical part of it is that it comes with a journal that's specifically suited to the workout and diet goals that I prescribe for you in the Theofit course series. So you use this book not only as a reference guide for your workouts, for your discipline, for your motivation, for your diet and all that stuff, but you use it as a place to track your compliance with particular goals, to track uh, where you set particular goals, to track exactly every single day the, the amount of weight that you lifted, the cardio that you did, the calories that you consumed, the protein that you consumed, all of that stuff. And what it does is it helps you calculate the cumulative effect that you should have from doing all of those routines. So on the one hand, it helps you to manage discipline at the micro level, but at the same time, it helps you to envision or to sort of perceive the effects that your discipline is having at the macro level as you go week to week and week. Because sometimes a lot of people, they get lost in the weeds and they give up really quickly because they can't see results in two weeks. But what this helps you do is it helps you to stay on task, helps you to set your task, and it helps you to you know uh, 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 set your path before you and to be compliant with your particular fitness goal and to utilize the correct strategies in order that you can attain the body that you want, the strength that you want, the physical goals that you want, the, the, the healthfulness that you desire. So check that out on Amazon. That's called Finally Fit. And there's like another book called Finally Fit that's like, Finally Fit at 50. And it's like an old guy. And it's not that one. It's a different one. It's Finally Fit Maxwell. Search that on Amazon and uh, get that book. You can get it on uh, uh, print, which I actually recommend because it's really nice. It's like a really big journal that you can use. 
uh, and it's a re- it looks really nice, and there's like a reference guide, and there's all these motivational quotes throughout, and it kind of guides you through your whole process of getting in shape. I recommend the physical copy for it's $18, but you can get the Kindle for four bucks as well. So anyway, on to our show today, which is how to build strength faster. A lot of people, they, they don't know the principles of strength building. They, they just think if they can walk into the weight room, they'll just see an increase in strength if they just keep doing more and more and more. But a lot of times, most people hit plateaus really quickly. And a plateau is when you're lifting weight and all of a sudden you're doing going in week after week, day after day, and you realize, wow, I'm not, I can't actually lift more weight. And every time you go for more weight, you can't lift more weight, which means you're not actually getting stronger. So how do I actually build strength? How do I actually get to the place where week to week I see, oh, okay, I can actually put more on the bar week after week. What are the exact strategies you need to use in order to achieve that? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, you don't need to have a pen and paper uh, you know, with you as you listen to this, but it will be good for you to keep in mind your particular routine, your particular goals, your particular strategy as you're listening to this, because the, the idea is that these principles will translate to any strength building goal for anybody who's on a strength program. But, you know, I can't, this isn't like how to build leg strength. I might even do a podcast on that at another point, you know, because like the exact routines or the exact strategies you might use for increasing your leg strength might be different than the routines you might use for uh, increasing your upper body strength. But today, these are just the generic principles of strength building, not just strength building, but the, the principles that will help you to break through plateaus. Uh, when you're stuck at a particular weight and when you're stuck at a particular strength for months or even years. Here's how you break through plateaus and build strength, okay? So I've got, what, nine principles today. And these, you you could also say that these nine principles are nine mistakes people make and these mistakes are to not follow these principles, right? So these are the principles that you need to follow and these are the principles most people don't follow, which is why, you know, I remember, I know, uh, like there's, whenever I go back home to New York, uh, I go to the same gym and I see the same people there and I've been seeing, I, you know, my dad's been taking me to that gym since I was four years old. So I've been going there for 25 years. I see the same people at that gym and they look the same and they're lifting the same weight decade after decade. And the question is, are you satisfied being that person? Are you satisfied with being in a comfort zone or do you want to be as strong as you possibly can, right? Use these principles. You will be as strong as you possibly can. You're not going to be in 10 years lifting the same weight you're lifting now. You're going to be lifting more. You're, li- you're, going, to be li- you're going to be going for personal records in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years. That's the goal, okay? That's the goal. And here's how you do that, okay? Number one, number the first principle of how to build strength faster The first principle is focus on a specific lift, okay? A lot of people, a mistake they make is they focus on, oh, I'm I'm, I'm gonna get stronger, so I'm just gonna focus on like full body strength. And, uh, you know, I secretly wish my deadlift would get stronger. I secretly wish I could bench press more, but I'm just gonna kind of hope for that and maybe put a little extra oomph in on chest day. No, no, no. Building full body strength is possible, but it takes a lot longer. And the advantages to picking one lift, I'm not talking about a muscle group, okay? I'm talking about a particular lift, like a squat or bench press, a particular movement, right? Uh, picking one lift in particular to build strengths, uh, well, well, there's a lot of advantages, okay? First, first of all, it's, it's easier to get excited about a single lift than it is to get excited about multiple lifts simultaneously. So if you're saying, oh, I'm gonna build my squat and my deadlift and my bench press and my bicep curl and my skull crusher and all these things, and I just hope I hope I get stronger everywhere. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Get excited about something. 
okay? Get excited about, you know, whatever it is, it's the leg press, right? Or get excited about the bench press or, or your pull-up number or whatever it is. Get excited about that and then throw yourself into that for a season. Throw your, that doesn't have to define your life, but it can define your season. And that actually makes it a lot more fun because then you're researching tips and tricks on how to do it, right? And then you're kind of like throwing yourself into, you're really getting a sense for, okay, how can I do this many pull-ups? And then you're kind of getting a sense for like, as you're just walking throughout life, you're looking, you know, if pull-ups is an example, like, okay, let's say your goal is to do, you know, you want to be able to do 25 pull-ups in a single set, right, without letting go of the bar. Okay, that's great. You're going to be looking for all the opportunities you can to do pull-ups or to kind of pull yourself or test your grip. It's just going to sort of pervade your consciousness. If you say, if you kind of make your goal for this season, I this one particular lift, focusing on one lift really does give you this psychological boost that, that kind of pervades the rest of your life and adds like a level of excitement and intensity when you actually do the lift. Second, uh, focusing on building strength in a single lift enables you to become basically like quote unquote expert at that lift in a short period of time, right? So then you're not devoted to Googling every single week, how do I squat? How do I deadlift? How do I increase my pull-up? How do I get more weight on this? How do I get more weight on that? No, no, no. You're basically kind of always thinking in the back of your head, you know, you know, the back of your head, how can I do this better? And it's not even that you're becoming, again, to use the pull-up example, it's not even that you're becoming like the definitive pull-up expert. It's that you're becoming the definitive you doing pull-ups experts. So you're, you're, you're finding for yourself, ooh, okay, I can actually do more pull-ups if my hands are facing towards me than if they're facing away from me. Technically, those are called chin-ups, right? So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, and, and you know what? I like doing that better, so I'm gonna do that. Or when I do this particular thing, or when I think this particular thought, or when I, when I, when I focus on squeezing my muscles, or, or, or when I have this particular methodology, I can do more. Right, and it's really important to know that not so much about pull-ups in general, but about how what helps you to perform as many pull-ups or as much weight in the lift you're pursuing as possible. Okay, kind of it kind of lets you kind of settle into carve out your groove of okay, I'm the expert on me doing this lift. So, what's the most comfortable, most integrous, most safe, most exciting, most inspiring way for me to go about pursuing this exercise? And you kind of carve out a little groove, a little habit, a little superstition that you might kind of surround that with. When I when I clap my hands three times, when I like look up and down in this way, you know, you have these little habits that kind of set in these little superstitions that sit in that kind of set you up mentally, that set you up physically for pursuing this exercise. So first, it's easier to get excited about this, the, the lift if you just focus on one. Second, you can kind of become the expert on that lift. Uh, you know, you'll be, re you, you'll be researching it, watching YouTube videos, you'll be practicing the motion, you know, that, that, that's an expertise then. After you're done pursuing that lift for a season, that one lift, really focusing on that for a season, that's an expertise that you can take with you for the rest of your lifting life. You know, so let's say next season, you focus more on fat loss, well, you can still use all that knowledge and all those habits and all, all that whole groove you carved out for yourself in that lift you focused on, you can bring that into your fat loss season. And you can even bring that into your next strength season if you're even if you're pursuing a different lift, right? So let's say you're focusing on deadlift. Well, you're going to be able to translate a lot of the things you kind of 
learned about yourself and learned about pull-ups, you're going to be able to translate a lot of that information to building strength with deadlift. And you'll be able to kind of start at a higher level of expertise when you start building strength in a second lift. So it's really good to start one lift at a time. Uh, and the third reason is because you will actually build strength much, much faster because you'll be focusing more of your workout time on that particular lift and therefore giving the relevant muscle groups a greater stimulus for growth. In other words, you know, the more you work a muscle, the stronger that muscle will become. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But in terms of picking a lift, <clears throat> it's, it's best to pick a compound lift that translates into full body strength as much as possible, especially if you're new to really competitive, not competitive lifting, but especially if you're new to weight lifting. Okay. So for example, if your if your goal is to build strength, you probably don't want to say, okay, what's the first lift I really want to hone in on? Well, you probably don't want to pick like a bicep curl, right? For your first strength focused lifting program. Cause that doesn't really translate a ton into other, like your biceps is actually a really small muscle. Like if you were going to focus on an arm muscle to build and you had to pick an arm muscle to build, you, you actually would probably want to focus on your triceps because people with big arms actually have big triceps. Your, tri your triceps are two are, are two thirds of your arm. So if you can build big triceps, which is the back of your arm, your arm's going to look way bigger than if you just focus on your biceps, which is a really small muscle. Not that, but again, if you're going to build a, or if you're going to pick a lift to really hone in on and say, okay, this is my lift this summer. This is the particular lift I'm going to choose and really research and dig into. You know, it's probably better to pick something else. So it would be better to pick something like a deadlift, for example, which works your legs and your back and your shoulders and your arms and your abs all at the same time in the same lift. And yes, it's a more complicated lift, but it translates into full body strength in your arms and in your abs and in your back and even in your chest and your shoulders and all of that stuff so that you can use that foundation to then pursue strength in other areas if you want. Or bench press is another example. Bench works, work, it works your chest, it works your arms, it works your shoulders, it translates into a ton of other full body strength, right? Uh, or a squat is another really good one, right? You can focus on working your legs and your abs and your shoulders all at the same time. So you could also focus on, a, you know, if, if, if all of this kind of intimidates you a little bit, right? You're like, oh, great, yeah, I'll focus on building my squat. That sounds awesome, right? And then you think about the gym and the bunch of meatheads on the squat rack, you know, squatting like 300 pounds. And really, in your heart of hearts, you're like, yeah, I, I really don't want to do that, right? Listen, that's okay. Listen, it, it's about getting started with something you can be comfortable with. So you could focus, instead of focusing on some like really impressive powerlifting free weight movement, right? Especially if you're just kind of like saying, okay, how can I get strong in just something? How can I just build strength for the first time? How can I get really strong, really good at something? It might be, it might be an option. And, and this is by no means like undercutting it. And th this is, this is not like a lesser option it might even be a better option for you to pick like a machine or a body weight movement, right? So for example, if, if you can't do a body weight pull up, you might focus your time on like a weight assisted pull up machine and make your goal to be make your goal okay i want to be able to do five body weight pull ups right or or you know if you're really intimidated by like squatting for example i'm I, you know i've been squatting for several years and i'm still intimidated by squatting right like it, you have all this weight basically sitting on your shoulders like it's an intimidating lift no matter what right but just maybe you could focus instead of doing squats if that's really intimidating so much that it's actually preventing you from committing or you know it's kind of like 
like uh, 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 it's 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 providing too much of an arousal so that it actually prevents you from from being motivated. Well, instead of doing a squat, well, why why not try like a leg press machine and build strength there for an entire season? Focus on like really racking up how much weight you can do on that leg press machine, right? And you can do the same thing with like even a chest press machine. And the point is to find a lift that allows you to work with as much weight as possible, as easily as possible, and start there. Just get start there and double down and say, for the next 12 weeks, that's what I'm doing. I wanna be able to lift that entire stack of weights on that machine, right? I wanna be able to do two plates on each side of the bar. Like, what is it that you wanna do? And pursue that goal, and don't choose something that's too intimidating or too complex or too over arousing for you so that you actually become demotivated and not motivated, right? Pick something that you feel like is exciting and that you feel like you wanna do, but, put, but pick a single lift, okay? Pick a single lift and pursue that. Don't pursue, oh, you want my, my goal is to build strength. Uh, well, where do you wanna get strong? Well, I just wanna get strong everywhere, no. Pick a lift. And that doesn't mean you have to just only do one lift every single time you're in the gym. Like you want to do, you want to go to the gym four or five times a week, right? And, you know, do other workouts. You know, if you're pursuing, let's say you want to build your squat, right? Well, you still want to work your chest and your shoulders and your abs and your back and all that stuff, right? But the point is that you're getting really excited about your squat and how that translates exactly into your routine. I'm going to get to in a little bit more below. But Okay, so that's the first one. Focus on a specific lift. Second, okay, this is a little bit more technical, okay? Find your one rep max, your five rep max, and your 10 rep max for that lift that you pick, okay? So you want to make sure that you have a spotter that you trust for these exercises. So when building strength, generally speaking, you want to have somebody spotting you on an exercise, which means basically they're what they're standing over you in a way that if you drop the weight or if you can't pick it up, or if you really like hit a wall, they can add the extra five, 10, 20 pounds of force to that weight to help you easily finish that repetition and rack the weight so that you can pursue muscle fatigue safely without being worried about dropping the bar on your head, right? So you want to have somebody spotting you on exercise because training for strength often includes you butting up against your failure points and sticking points. So find if you find your one rep max, your five rep max, and your 10 rep max for your lift, that means that you can find out the maximum amount of weight with which you can perform one repetition, the same for five repetitions, the same for 10 repetitions, right? So naturally the weight you can lift for five times for a certain lift is gonna be lighter than the weight you can lift only once. So for example, like if you're talking about leg press, I'm just, these are just random numbers, okay? Let's say for a leg press, you can put three big 45 pound plates on each side of the, of the leg press machine. And let's say you can do that once, right? And then let's say, that's the most you can do one time. If you put two and a half pound weights on there, you wouldn't be able to do it, right? That would be your one rep max. Then let's say your five rep max, that's the number, that's the maximum amount of weight you could do five times. Let's say for example, that's like 245 pound weights and a 25 pound weight on each side of the leg press, right? So let's say you could do that five times and if you put two and a half more pounds on there, you would not be able to get a sixth rep, right? That's the, that's the point, okay? Uh, and then the same for 10, 10 reps, right? So you want to know your one rep max or five rep max and your 10 rep max for the lift that you choose. Knowing your max, that 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 allows you to give, it, it, it kind of gives you a barometer for how you could pick your working weight for a particular exercise. So 
you don't, for, so for example, when you know you one rep max, then you know, okay, well, I don't want to put that on the bar at the beginning of my workout. You know, maybe, maybe I know, for example, for leg press that it's, I, I can put two 45s on each side of the machine and I can do that 10 times, right? So then maybe my goal or my working weight is I'm going to do four sets of eight with my 10 rep max, right? And maybe I'll get one set of eight, one set of eight, one set of seven, one set of five, right? And my goal is to get all sets of eight. And then as soon as I can, can achieve all four sets of eight, then I'll increase the weight, right? You know, or maybe you put your five rep max on there and you do six sets of three. You know, we'll get that into that a little bit more below, but knowing your one rep max, your five rep max, and your 10 rep max for the lift you choose, that will help you to set your program. That will help you to program for yourself so that you know how much weight you should be working with and how many sets you should be, you know, how many sets and how many reps you should be pursuing with that lift for the weight, okay? It allows you to sort of intuitively say, okay, I know I can do this amount of uh, weight, this amount of time for this for this exercise, so this is the set and rep range I'm going to pursue, right? Without, it allows you to make an accurate estimate without just guessing randomly. Okay, number three, uh, make a goal for one of those rep ranges, okay? So you, you know your one rep max, five rep max, 10 rep max. So then you want to make a goal for your specific rep range, uh, um, one, five, or 10, right? So make your goal to increase the lift you, or to, to increase the amount of weight you can lift 10 times or five times or one time. So when you, you increase one of these, the others will likely increase also. But make your goal specific to one of these ranges. So a lot of people think that increasing strength, so they measure that purely in terms of their one rep max, but it can also be your five rep max or your three rep max. So for example, my current goal is to be able to squat 275 275 pounds five times. So I'm very far away from that. I can probably squat 275 pounds once or twice right now. And for my body weight, it's about 200 pounds, 195, 200. That's, it's, that's very unimpressive, okay? So my goal is to turn my one rep max into my five rep max. So that'll because I've been lifting for a while, that'll probably take me six to nine months for me. And since I've been, you know, if I'm consistent and if I pursue those workouts with intensity. So since, since I've been lifting for a long time, it'll probably take me a little bit longer, but it might only take you a few months for you to turn your one rep max into your five rep max, or for example, to, to turn your five rep max into your 10 rep max, if you're new to strength training. Okay. So those three points so far are focus on a specific lift, find your max for your one rep max, five rep max, 10 rep max, and then make a goal for to increase one of those, uh, the weights, your working weight for that one rep max, five rep max, or 10 rep max. Fourth, um, work on that lift for at least 10 sets twice per week. You... Um, Generally, the more you train a certain lift, the more weight you'll be able to lift. So more volume equals more stimulus for building strength. So obviously, if you work the same lift, I mean, if you work the same lift every single day, you won't gain strength for very long because you're not giving your body enough time to recover. But the optimal amount of training for a specific lift, especially if you you're, you say, I really want to increase in strength, I really want to break through a plateau, if you're only working once, if you're only working that lift once per week, you're not going to break through that plateau. You're just not. Uh, you need to be training that particular lift at least 10 sets twice per, le- twice per week 
plus adjunct exercises, right? So for example, if you're focusing on squats, right, or leg press, go to the gym, perform those 10 sets, meaning you pick up the weight and perform a certain number of reps and put the weight down and you do that 10 times, right? And then you move on to uh, exercises that help that lift, like leg extension or leg curl machines or something like that, right? Do this twice per, per week, you know, plus your other workouts on other days, and you'll see your leg press numbers or your squat numbers growing very quickly. You'll see yourself breaking through that plateau very quickly. Uh, five is progressively overload the amount of weight that you use. So you might be wondering how you actually increase the weight you use. This is called progressive overload. And it means that you add more weight to your exercise every time you go to the gym. Now, this is not practical advice for every list, lifting session because if you increase the weight every single time you went to the gym, you're, the, the rate at which you increase the weight you're using would probably outpace your growth and strength because it's not like you're going to be able to lift five more pounds every single you know, week or 10 more pounds every single week on a, on a consistent basis. You're just not going to do that. Nobody gets that strong that fast. But instead, use this Use this as a litmus test for whether you should increase your weight. Um, you, basically, what you're looking for is you need something that you're chasing so that you can increase your weight as fast as possible. And you, in order to do that, you need to be working with weight that's, in a sense, too heavy for the rep range you're pursuing. So, uh, so for example, if you choose leg press, right, and you say, okay, I'm going to do leg press. I'm going to leg press 200 pounds for five sets of five you should probably only be able to get four sets of five, maybe three sets of five, right? So you get five reps, five reps, five reps, four reps, three reps, right? And the day you're able to complete five sets of five, you know the next time you go to the gym, you need to increase that weight by five or 10 pounds. And that's called micro-loading, okay? And and, you know, depending on how easy it was, that'll tell you how much weight to add to the bar. So when you lift the heavier weight during the next exercise, then you'll, again, once again, no longer be able to reach five sets of five. You'll be five, 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 four, two, or something like that, right? And then you try to hit five sets of five again. And then once you hit that, then you increase the weight again. And that's progressive overload. Uh, and that's how you implement progressive overload and, and always work with weight that keeps your program's prescribed set and rep ranges just out of reach. And when they are in reach, then you increase the weight. Okay. Uh, strategy six, use strategies that enable you to exceed the maximum, your max for your goal, such as half reps, cluster sets, negative reps, etc. So what this is, is you essentially tack it. The sixth principle is basically this. Use tactics for weightlifting that allow you to, to work with more weight than you can actually work with. And you're like, okay, Paul, well, how do I do that? Well, let me explain a few of these strategies that you can use, okay? There are a few strategies that you can use to overload your muscles with more weight than they are actually able to perform a single rep with. And the goal of using these is to help your body adapt to heavier weights so that your working weight will feel lighter. It's important, really important to note that for most of these strategies, you should be using a spotter. Okay? You should have somebody watching you. So if you drop the weight or if you fail or if you hit a wall, they can add a couple pounds or they can pick up the bar and it's not a big deal and they can help you rack the weight. Okay, You should be using a spotter for these because you're really going to be you know, butting up against your wall of failure, your wall of fatigue with all these. And that's how you gain strength is you want to do more than you really can. And, and, and when you're doing working with more weight than you can really work with, 
um, which is really how you gain strength. You want somebody watching you. You want somebody helping you. It's really hard to gain strength when you're just on your own. Okay. So I'll give you a few of those strategies here. Okay. First, there are half reps and a half rep is basically like a full rep, except you stop halfway through the rep and then push the weight back to the top of the rep. So for example, if you're bench pressing, you know, the normal range of motion for bench press is you pick up the weight and you're on the bench and you're laying down and you bring the bar down to touch your chest and then you push it back up to the top. But with a half rep, you'd bring the bar down to six inches above your chest, maybe nine inches, maybe even 12 inches above your chest and stop it and push it back up instead of bringing it all the way down to your chest. A lot of people call this cheating. It's not cheating. It's, it's well, some people might use it to cheat, which is that, the, well, then they're just cheating themselves. But but the goal of using, if you, you, you can use this particular strategy uh, purposefully uh, to build your strength um, because the goal of this strategy is to be able to put more weight on the bar and sort of get your shoulders and get your shoulder joints and get your triceps and get your forearms used to working with more weight than they're working with. Okay, so the, the lift isn't limited to the weight you're able to push off from your chest. Instead, you can start doing bench press with more weight than you would normally be able to do a full rep with, and that gets the rest of your body uh, uh, used to using that weight. Uh, so this allows your arms and shoulders and chest and even your mind to adapt to the weight that you won't be able to use otherwise. So for example, I remember when I was in college, I, I utilized this half rep um, strategy for a very long time and people began sort of like making fun of me they're like oh yeah you, you know Maxwell can't really do a full rep and I at that time I was putting on the bar I was putting you know I was doing half reps of like 365 365 pounds on the bench press and you know they were saying oh Maxwell you know he can't you know you would never be able to be, do a full rep with that weight and it's like you know, I was like 20, 21 years old at the time. And I was like, you know what, you're probably right. I mean, you're definitely right. I wouldn't be able to do a full rep with this particular weight because I do full reps. And I know that, you know, that's not, you know, that's not my working weight. But here's the thing. How about you with your strict, you know, you, you, like you, people who are strict all the time and never utilize half reps. It's like, okay, how about this? I'll let you do a half rep and let's see how much weight you can do. Let's see, let's see you lift up 365 pounds and do a half rep with that. You can't, can you? No, you can't. You know why? Because you don't do half reps. So your body's not, you, but so your, your entire strength program is limited to the amount of weight you can lift from your chest to an inch above your chest. Okay, that that is the limit of the entire weight for your entire body that you're working with. And me working with more weight of those half reps, that allowed me to hit a max by by the time I was 20, 21 years old, that allowed me to do a full rep max of 325. Okay? And if I didn't utilize those half reps, I would have never hit that max rep. You know, I, my body wouldn't be used to working with that much weight. It would be limited by the weight I could do at the bottom of the rep, which is actually a lot weaker and a lot lower than the weight I could have used otherwise. So you shorten the rep and you increase the amount of weight you get your body used to using, okay? Second strategy is called cluster sets, okay? A cluster set is when you force yourself to lift a certain... Um, one of your max records, right? So, so let's say that, well, so, so sorry, let me explain what a cluster set is. A cluster set is when you force yourself to lift a certain max record you hold for more reps than you're able to lift by implementing time breaks. So where half reps help you lift more weight than you're able to lift, 
cluster sets allow you to put out more reps than you're able to put out. And they're able to do it like this. So for example, um, I've done this, for example, I use this to help break a plateau with barbell military press, which is basically where you're sitting down and, and you bring, and you have the weight above your head with straight arms and you bring it down to your chest and you push it above your head, right? Um, that, that is barbell military press. And for a long time, my five rep max for seated barbell military press was 205 pounds. But I couldn't, I, I wanted to get those, those two big plates on each side, right? That's 225. I wanted to be able to get that. I wanted to just, I couldn't get it for one. I could get 205 for five, but I couldn't get 225 for one. So this is what I did. Instead of performing one set of five with 205 pounds, I performed five sets of two with, with strict 15 second breaks. And this is called a cluster set. So in this instance, I was performing one set of five with 205, or sorry, instead of performing one set of five with 205, I performed one cluster set of 10 reps with 205. So I doubled my volume, meaning I increased the stimulus I'm giving my body to give it strength, doubling my likelihood of breaking my strength plateau, right? So I'll do a cluster set of 205, meaning five sets of two rather than one set of five, right? And people, if somebody asked me, well, how many sets, how many reps did you do with 205? I can say, well, I did 10 reps, right? Which means my shoulders are more likely to grow. That's a greater stimulus for my, for my, for my muscles to grow strength. Right, so I doubled my volume, meaning I'm, I'm doubling my stimulus for my for my body to respond to to build strength. Uh, Russian Olympic uh, Olympic lifters will use this to try to break through strength plateaus. You can do it with any rep max and with any rep range, but the point is to take a rep limit and double the amount of times you can lift it by inserting timed breaks. So just to kind of bear with me here, but I'm just kind of belaboring the point a little bit. So basically what a cluster set will look like is I'll pick up the bar and I'll do, and this is something I can do five times, but I'll do it twice. I'll do two reps and I'll rack it. And then I'll count to 15 and I'll unrack it again. And I'll do two more reps and I'll rack it again. And then I'll do, I'll wait 15 seconds again. And then I'll do reps five and six and I'll rack it again. And I'll wait 15 seconds and then I'll pick it up again and I'll do racks and I'll do reps seven and eight. And then I'll rack it again, wait 15 seconds and unrack it one more time and do reps nine and 10. Boom. Now I just did 10 reps of a weight I could only do five reps of if I didn't have those intermittent breaks. Get it? So that's a cluster set. And it basically is a way to overload your muscles with reps that it couldn't have done otherwise, increasing the stimulus for strength growth. So that's a great way to uh, break through a plateau there. So you've got, uh, you've got half reps, you've got cluster sets. And uh, a third strategy I'll give you is you can try negative reps. So every lift has two phases, okay? The eccentric phase and the concentric phase. And the eccentric phase refers to the lengthening of the muscle or the lowering of the weight. It's the negative part of the rep, right? It's, the, it's where the muscle lengthens, right? And the concentric phase refers to the shortening of the muscle, okay? It's that positive part of the rep. So think of it this way. The eccentric part of the lift is the lowering of the weight, and the concentric part of the lift is the squeeze when you like squeeze your muscle, right? When you flex it, and the and the muscle becomes short, right? So if you think of like a curl, right, uh, uh, like a curl movement, um, the the eccentric part of the the movement is when you lower the weight down in front of you, and your biceps become long. And the concentric part of the weight is when you lift the weight, you curl the weight up and, and just think about what happens to your biceps, right? They become shorter, right? It becomes a ball, 
right? Your biceps become shorter and they shorten up and that's the concentric part of the weight. So your muscles are always stronger, much stronger actually, on the eccentric part of the lift. So for example, whatever your one rep max is, that actually refers to the weight you can perform concentrically once, okay? So for example, in a, in a bicep curl, you, you, not that you, most people don't know their one rep max in a bicep curl, which is fine, but, but just to continue the, the analogy, like if you bicep curl, whatever you can curl up to your, you know, to the top of the rep with a bicep curl, that's your one rep max, that's your concentric max. But you could probably lower that weight several times in a controlled manner, even if you could only lift it up once. You could probably bring it down several times if you didn't have to bring it up again. Excuse me, if you didn't have to bring it up again. So, so um, whatever that number is that you could bring up once, you could probably lower it five times. So on the bench press, for example, I could probably lower eccentrically, I could probably lower my one rep max to my chest in a control in a controlled fashion five times if I didn't have to push it up again. This is where a spotter really comes in handy. So for negative reps, you have to have a spotter. You have to have a spotter, okay? So for a negative rep, you can lift the weight that exceeds your one rep max and perform three to five negative reps of the weight. So take bench for, bench press for example. You lower the weight and say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna try to lower this weight in five seconds." So I'm gonna try to slowly lower this or th in three to five seconds. And you lower it to your chest and you stop it, and your spotter yanks it up. And it's not that they lift the whole weight; you push it up too. But they they take enough weight off that you can basically lift it off of your chest together in a way that's not too strenuous for either of you, right? So boom, you lift off that weight and then you lower it again, okay? And you do a set of negative reps where essentially the, the person spotting you lifts it off your chest every single time, right? So you're so it's it's maxing out what you could do concentrically by by essentially achieving your eccentric max. Okay, and that again is kind of like half reps is a way of getting your body used to handling more weight than it really can concentrically. Okay, so tip seven don't rush your rest time between sets. And this is really important. Okay, if you rush your rest time between sets, you'll end up lifting way less than you could and really handicapping your potential for strength gain. So Give yourself a few minutes, okay? Walk around the gym. Get a sip of water. Don't don't use 30-second break, breaks in a strength-building program, okay? Give yourself at least two minutes between lifts. So if you're really working with heavy weight that helps you build strength, you'll need every second of rest you possibly can uh, to recuperate. So before you perform the next set, really ask yourself, do I feel ready or am I still winded? You know, and, and if you're still winded, you know, wait another minute or two. You don't, you don't want to put your heart rate in a fat burning zone when you're trying to build strength. That's not the goal of strength building. You're not trying to lose weight. You're trying to gain strength and gain muscle. You're probably going to gain a little bit of fat too, okay? So make sure your strength training doesn't feel too much like cardio because if it does, you might be really handicapping the amount of weight you could be lifting. You might be really handicapping the amount of strength you could be gaining. And in fact, if you're taking too short of breaks, that might be a reason why you're hitting a plateau, a strength plateau, okay? So, so straining your muscles with mechanical tension by lifting heavy weight, which is the method by which you should be building strength, that is very different than fatiguing that muscle through mitochondrial exhaustion by expending as much energy as possible. So 
Focus on strength building, not muscle fatigue, okay? Focus on lifting as much weight with the muscle that you're targeting as much as possible. Don't focus so much on fatiguing or burning out or failing with that muscle, okay? So I'm going to review all these points later. But but uh, the eighth point is work with higher weight and lower reps. This is so key for strength building. This is so key for strength building, okay? Don't, don't try to increase your 30 rep max, okay? Don't, like, don't do 30 reps and say, oh, I think I could do more weight with that 30 reps. No, okay? Focus on higher weight and lower reps. That's going to have way more payoff for your 30 rep max than, than staying at 30 reps well, okay? Trust me. So, so it is possible to gain strength by lifting lower weight in higher rep ranges, but only if you're a new lifter. And even then, your strength gain will probably be slower than if you were working with heavier weight for lower reps. So, so, so don't mishear me though, because some people make this mistake. This doesn't mean that you should be going too heavy. This doesn't mean that when you start out lifting with a new lift, that you should go so heavy that you're uncomfortable. No, I'm actually, that will be very counterproductive. Okay. In fact, when you begin a strength building program and start practicing, uh, practicing a certain lift, you should get comfortable performing that lift with light weight as often as possible okay you want to start light so that you can go heavy so for example when i'm on a strength program i might do four or five warm-up sets of a lift with a light weight okay i might even do a couple sets with just the bar then i might even just put a couple little weights on the side just to kind of get you just kind of ease my way in warm up my muscles so it's important to ease your body into heavy lifting by warming up with lighter weight and getting a real sense of a feel for the mechanics of the lift and don't get too preoccupied with the amount of weight that's on the bar like that will come the, the more comfortable you get with the lift and the more time you allow yourself to do the lift with lighter weight the more comfortable you'll be and the more natural you will feel lifting heavier weight later on in your program. So uh, only increase the weight when you're comfortable, okay? Now, I'm not saying when it's easy because it's always going to be, you, you always want, do want to be pushing yourself, but in the beginning, it's really important to say, okay, I wanna, really want to sort of like get comfortable, kind of find my groove in this lift. It's really important not to go too heavy too fast. Um, even lighter weights will get you stronger because they're conditioning you for the lift. It, 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 this is, there's something about this psychologically that where if I jump too quickly to heavy weight, even weight that I know I can lift, I won't be able to, I won't lift as well. I won't be able to get as many reps. I won't be able to uh, feel as comfortable in the lift than if I spend four or five sets working up to that weight and it's kind of counterintuitive because it's like wait but won't you be tired from doing all your warm-up sets i mean i don't know i like i don't know how to explain it to you like counterintuitively just psychologically i feel more in the zone i feel more comfortable it's kind of hard to explain but i know that like if i do kind of that that's kind of the magic number for me you might even have to find your own magic number but like four or five warm-up sets for me is like the perfect number to put me in the zone for performing like four or five more heavy sets you know and maybe you only need two warm-up sets maybe you need six or seven warm-up sets like you got to find what that number is for you that puts you in the zone psychologically physically like it's 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 somewhat relative 
but but it's important to warm up and and usually most people need a warm up and you're probably not an exception to that and, and and it's good for you to know this because if you're looking for the amount of warm up sets that you need to do working with that lighter weight working with that medium weight to kind of groove you into that heavier set and then kind of powering into your 80, you know whatever is the 80% of your one rep max 90% of your one rep max working with those weights great do that but earn it get there don't jump too fast too far with weight it's 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 important but point number eight originally was work with higher weight and lower reps because that's the goal you don't want to stay low you don't want to stay light forever the point of working with lower weight is so you can go heavy the point of working with lower weight and middle weight is so if you're for example if your one rep max for squat is 225 you know warm up with the with the bar warm up with 25s on each side warm up with 135s on you know or with, with 45s on each side right then 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 do a couple reps with 155 right then do a couple reps with 165 175 185 205 right boom now you're going now you're rolling um for me and for most people i know that's how it works and so the point so far i'm just going to review these real quick is focus on a specific lift find your one rep max your five rep max your 10 rep max for that lift make a goal for those rep ranges number four work that lift for at least 10 uh, 10 sets twice per week Okay, so that's 20 sets per week. Number five, progressively overload the weight that you use. Number six, strat use strategies that enable you to exceed your max for your goal, such as half reps and cluster sets and negative reps. Number seven, don't rush your time between sets. Number eight, work with higher weight and lower reps. And number nine, consume more calories than you expend and consume a sufficient amount of protein. And this is really, really critical. I think... It's hard to think of eating more as discipline because we, we're so conditioned to think of eating less as being disciplined because most people need to lose weight, okay? Most people, when they talk about health, they need to lose weight, and that's the conversation they need to have. And, and discipline for them is learning the skill, usually for the first time in their lives at like age 50 or age 40. It's like they need to, oh my gosh, I need to learn how to eat less and, and not eat everything I want, everything I see, right? That's a hard skill to learn. But when you're building strength, you do need to focus on eating more than you expend. It's really counterintuitive because you can easily slip into laziness and indulgence and ah, who cares? And you can slip into what people call, bodybuilders call this a dirty bulk, which is ah, I'm just going to eat 5,000 calories a day and I don't even really care what I eat. The point is just to eat. No, no, no. You want it to be calculated, okay? You want to, you wanna, whether it's counting your macros or counting your calories, whatever it is, you want to you wanna eat about 10% more than you expend, okay? But you want to eat about a 10% caloric surplus. Otherwise, you're going to be gaining unnecessary fat. You're going to be gaining unnecessary weight. That's not actually going to contribute to your strength gain. It's just extra fat gain that's going to, you're going to have to lose later, right? And you don't want that. You don't want to lose fat because the more fat you gain, the less pronounced the muscle you gain is going to be, right? You want to gain as little fat as possible so the muscle you build and the strength you build is going to be able to be showcased and you still want to have a low body fat percentage, right? You don't, the goal isn't just to build strength, right? It's to be lean and strong, not just strong because you can be strong and super unhealthy, right? But like, like go look up Mark Bell's story. He has a great story for a long time where he got super fat and he was like a really big power lifter. And he realized like, oh man, like I need to lose weight. I need to lose fat. I'm actually not like, I keep on thinking I'm healthy because I'm strong, but I'm not. 
I need to lose some fat. And he got now now he's strong and and lean. And you don't have to choose. You don't have to choose as long as you're willing to be calculated. You don't have to choose. So you want to eat about a 10% caloric surplus and you want to eat about one gram of protein per pound of body uh, per pound of lean body mass each each day. So for example, if you're 200 pounds, you want to eat about I mean, come on. Just try to eat 200 grams of protein. Like, stop being a baby. Just you're, you're you're pursuing strength. You know how serious are you about your strength goal? Just pursue it. You know, I mean, you're eating enough calories a day anyway. You don't have to be crazy about it. Just try to eat 200 grams of protein. That's my, you know, I mean, my real recommendation is is honestly, people give me a lot of crap about this, but if you're training hard, especially if you're training hard in the gym, it should not be hard to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. It should not be hard. It really shouldn't. If if it's hard for you to eat that much protein, you're not working hard enough in the gym. I'm sorry. You're it's you're just not. You know. Um. Uh. Uh. And and part of it might be that you just need to retrain yourself. Like you're so used to eating crap food and junk food and carbs, and you're so used to filling up on all these uh, all these cheap calories that you need to learn to be satiated by good nutrients like protein, right? And grass fed beef and all that great stuff, right? You need to learn to be satiated by that stuff, and you're just not conditioned to that. That might be part of it. But the reality is, eating 200 grams of protein per day is not hard. It's not. And people might, you know, and and listen, if you weigh 100 pounds, obviously, you probably don't want to eat that much, right? But the point is, like, it's not that hard. It's really not. It's only hard if you're really not working out that much and or, or, or working that hard or if you're really reconditioning your diet after a long time. So, for example, uh, the time between my junior year of college and my first year or no, no, no. The time between my, my, it was real. Okay. You could just call it my senior year of college, right? I was 21 years old. I went, this is when I had achieved some massive strength gain. Like I talked about earlier, I went from weighing about 165 pounds, super lean, six, one, 165, you know, pretty lean and kind of, you know, kind of not, not super muscular, right? This is when I went from weighing 165 to weighing about 230. And a lot of that was fat. But what I did every day is I'm from New York and we didn't have Chipotle out there in New York at the time. And I moved to Midwest. I was in Bible college in Chicago and they had this place called Chipotle. And I was like, oh my goodness, what in the world? I had about $2,000 saved up for just from high school, from like washing dishes and delivering pizzas and stuff like that. Like I just had, I had money saved up from high school that I had for college just for like living and spending you know, I had saved that for a long time and they came out with this Chipotle in right next to my college campus. And I spent all 2000 of those dollars at Chipotle my senior year because I discovered this place and I was like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. This place is amazing. I ate, I ate, honestly, I ate one or two (laughs) burritos every single day at college and I actually gained a floor nickname called the two burritos are better than one guy true story but I gained about 60 pounds and a lot of that was muscle and all my lifts went I went from the string bean on campus to like one of the most muscular guys on campus and and one of the ways that I did that was I was lifting weights but I started eating a lot more and yeah I gained some fat but you know what I lost that fat and you know what I didn't lose the strength I kept the strength and I lost the fat and I looked really good 
And I, you know what? I've done the same thing again. I gained the fat and I, I got, I got really strong and I lost the fat and I kept the strength. So, so now I'm in this place where I'm really lean and I'm really strong. And part of me wants to say, oh yeah, you just need to cut calories and you just need to lose fat and you'll be super shredded. But I would be remiss not to give credit to the thousands of dollars <laughs> that I spent at Chipotle. Um, and you need to ask yourself the question, okay, like I need to go into a phase of life where I'm not super Instagrammable, okay, where I'm not going to be able to show off my abs because you know what? I'm pursuing strength right now. And I'm not going to be, I might even get a little flap. I might even get a little bit of a love handle. But you know what you need to recognize? Like, that's okay. That is normal. Especially when you're pursuing strength. That little bit of chub, that little bit of new fat that you have that you didn't have before. Like, you know what? Don't freak out. That's super normal. That's super normal. Because you know what? When you go into a cut phase later, you're going to lose that weight. And there's a reason that people cut, or there, sorry, there's a reason that people bulk and and pursue strength and and pursue muscle gain over the winter, and that's because when it, they they start pursuing that muscle gain, they start pursuing that strength gain in like September or October, and then they peak out in their fat gain and their muscle gain and their strength gain in like February. And that gives them a good four, five, six months of strength gain, which is a lot. You can get a lot of strength in that. Like if you're especially new to lifting, you could like double your deadlift. You could like double your squat or your bench in that time. Um, then you lose your fat and you cut and you achieve a calorie deficit and you achieve 25% calorie deficit and you'll lose 40 or 50 pounds in the next, you know, three, four or five months. And then you're shredded and you're ripped and you're strong. And you, you get vascularity and you get definition. You can accomplish that in a year, okay? You can't accomplish that in a year. If you're serious about your bulk, you're calculated about your 10% caloric deficit, you're not being whiny about your protein, you're getting enough protein, right, that entire time, you're serious about pursuing that lift, doubling down on that one lift, whether it's deadlift, squat, bench press, leg press, chest press, and machine, you know, whatever it is, find that thing. And and then you're serious about your cut the in the spring, you you will transform your body, woman or man, powerlifting or bodybuilding. You will transform your body in a year, and there's no, it's just a fact. It's just a fact. So this is the simple science of doing it. Again, I I recommend using the Finally Fit book. You can use. I mean, heck, I'm not trying to sell my stuff. Like, go 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 on Amazon and get Mike Matthews' Bigger, Leaner, Stronger program for men or Thinner, Leaner, Stronger program for women. Go get that. Go get uh, Jim Stepani's stuff. Go get Craig Caperso's stuff. Those guys' stuff are all great. But you know what? They're not going to tell you that much stuff different than I, like I'm telling you right now. Okay? I recommend if you like the Theofit podcast, you like this stuff, you just want to do it, you're just looking for something to do, listen, get the book Finally Fit on Amazon. I'm going to link it in these show notes. And just buy it, and the whole program's in there. The whole diet's in there. The whole journal for you to write in for yourself every single day is in there, okay? There's months of journal pages in there for you to use that are blank for you to enter, plus hundreds of other pages explaining diet, fitness, discipline, all that stuff. Listen, get that book and double down because you know what? When I have somebody else telling me what to do, programming me, I do way better. When I, sometimes I'll even ask my friends, I'll say, hey, write a program for me so I can do it. Because if I try to make it up myself or if I try to tell myself what I'm going to do, I'm not going to do it. 
Okay, so go use that Finally Fit program or one of those other guys' program, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll link them all in the show notes. I don't care, right? Use one of those programs and just stick to a program. Find somebody else's program that they've used and stick to it, okay? And, and set a goal, pick a lift, find your max, be serious about your diet, double down and you do that do that exercise and, you know, do that lift twice per week, pursue high, you know, Try to do as much weight as you can for as low reps as you can, you know, try to pursue like sets of three and sets of five, you know, and uh, use those strategies like those negative reps and those half reps and those cluster sets. And, you know, here's a little soft skill for the whole thing that I haven't even really mentioned. This is like a little bonus tip, but find a spotter, find your husband, find your wife, find a friend. It, It doesn't listen. They don't have to go with you every single time you work out. They don't. You can just say, listen, I don't need you with me. I don't need a workout partner because I don't like having a workout partner. But if you just say, listen, I don't need a workout partner. I just need a spotter for this lift. Would you go with me and be my spotter on this day? And just know, okay, once a week, I'm going to do negatives. I'm going to do cluster sets. I'm going to do half reps and I need a spotter. So will you come spot me once a week? Okay, get a spotter. It's so important. It's so helpful. If you're If you're pursuing strength, Get a spotter. And if you can't get a spotter, ask somebody else in the gym. Trust me, everybody has their game face on in the gym, right? Everybody's all like, ooh, yeah, I'm sweating. I'm super serious. I'm Batman, right? It's like, no, no, no. Listen, everybody's nice. Everybody at the gym is nice. They just have a dumb face on. They have the resting bitch face. And you just need to push through that, push through the uncomfortableness. Trust me, every I, I I went up to this guy the other day in the gym. I don't know him. I was bench pressing and I was doing... Um, I was just pursuing a set of five that I, I didn't, I wasn't confident I could get five, five reps and I didn't get five reps, but he helped me for a couple and I got like seven reps with his help, right? But if he wasn't there, I probably would have gotten like three, right? And so it was good. It was a really good way for me to build strength. And you know what? The next week I felt stronger for sure. But it was really funny. I went up to this guy and he was like really big, right? He was, he was benching like 365 for reps without a spotter, just like crushing it. And I was like, wow, this guy's huge. Right. And, and I go out to him and I'm like, uh, hey, man, like, uh, can, I, can I get a spot? And he, had, he I expect him to be like, yeah, man, sure. Let's go get a spot. But I was like, hey, man, uh, can I get a spot? And he was like, yeah, man, sure. And he just had this like super feminine voice that was like, yeah, man, come on, let's go. And he was spotting me. And it was always hard to, to do the lift because he was like he had this like, you know, cartoon voice. And he was like, come on, man, you can do it. One more rep, one more rep. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like. It's like it's it's almost like a like a metaphor, you know, because it's like most people they look super intimidating, like oh yeah, I could never ask this person for a spot. They're serious. They're mean. Like it's like no, listen, people are nice. Go talk to them. It's okay. I I still I've been lifting for my entire life. I still get I still get nervous and I still get self conscious and I still feel intimidated when I need to ask people for a spot. But you know what? I've learned at this point, people actually feel honored they feel like respected that you chose them to give you a spot everybody everybody responds well to getting a spot and if somebody is a jerk about giving you a spot they are one of the biggest jerks in the gym okay trust me it's it's like it's a it's really inappropriate for somebody to turn you down for a spot so you actually have gym courtesy on your side it's actually not discourteous to ask someone else uh, for a spot, it's actually discourteous to turn someone down for a spot. So you have gym etiquette on your side when when you ask somebody else for a spot. Because people know, especially, okay, listen, especially people who are strong and big. 
You know why? Because the only way to get strong and big is to ask people for spots. They, the people, listen, when you're asking for a spot and you, you want somebody who's guaranteed to respond well to that, ask the strongest, biggest person there. You know why? Because they've asked for more spots than anybody. I guarantee it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Anyway, um, so just ask for a spot. That's just more of a soft skill bonus tip for building strength, but it's really important. It's really important because it's really hard to build strength if you're relying just on your own sort of like stick to to like, oh, I'm going to push through because then you're never really failing. Then you're never really pushing to that last rep. Then you're never really pushing yourself. And here's another little bonus tip. If you're working for strength and you feel like you're not really able to push yourself or you can't find a spot or you're the only person in the gym or you have a home gym or something like that, here's something that you can do. Uh, uh, it's not ideal, but it's definitely a way to work through it. Um, you can... Instead of doing barbell work, like let's say you're stuck on a barbell and you can't get a spot, just switch to dumbbell because it's great. What's great about dumbbell work is that um, you can you can fail and you can drop the weights on the side of you and it doesn't really matter, right? Whereas if you're working barbell, you can't fail because you're dropping a bar on your chest. It's gonna like crush you, right? But but if you're doing dumbbell work, do that to failure and just fo just focus all your failure work on your dumbbell exercises. That way you're pushing yourself to failure and you can just drop it. And even on dumbbell work, it's really good to have a spotter because you can have them kind of push up by your elbows and not by your wrists. Make sure make sure you're really clear with people about that when they spot you on dumbbells. Do not grab my wrists. I had somebody grab my wrists once and and it just when they grab your wrists, it completely destabilizes the power structure that you have moving from your elbow all the way up to the weight and it you could break your wrist. So so just be really clear when you're when you ask somebody to spot you with dumbbells, you can push up at my elbows do not push up at my wrists. Do not grab my wrists. Push up at my elbows. Because when they push up at your elbows, they're pushing up at the natural fulcrum of power. Okay, they're pushing up at the natural fulcrum of power. If they push your wrists, they're they're destabilizing. They're decentering. They're actually compromising the power integrity, the, the the structural integrity. They're essentially the architectural integrity that your body has for lifting that weight. Do not let them touch your wrists, and be very explicit about that. Uh, after I had that experience, I had to be very explicit with people, and people are very understanding. Most people I say that to, they say, oh, yeah, man, trust me, I've, I've had that experience before. Most people are very understanding. And and when you ask somebody for a spot, they'll ask you, hey, do you want me to lift the bar off for you? Where do you want me to spot? So, some people will ask, do, would you like me to spot you with your wrists or your elbows? Like most people, the more experienced at lifting they are, the the more likely they are to say to to be a servant to you and that's really what a spotter is a spotter is somebody who steps in as a servant to you for a moment when you're being vulnerable to them you're saying hey i need help and most people i found are very accommodating to say hey yeah you know what i would like some help lifting this bar off the rack or you know what no i'm more comfortable if i lift the bar off myself or you know what don't help me unless I ask you for help or don't touch the bar unless I ask you for help. Most people say, okay, great. It's good for you to know that because everybody has different preferences and it's the more explicit you are, the better it is you know, for them. And most people I've known 99% of the time, they're very respectful of what you want. I've been in gyms all across the country, LA, New York, Utah, Indianapolis, Dallas, Chicago, 
Trust me, I have all sorts of people, young and old, black and white, everybody is very respectful of your preferences as long as you state them explicitly. And I've, I, honestly, I've never been turned down for a spot ever in my entire life. I've never been turned down for a spot, ever. So just ask for a spot and you'll be fine. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tune on about these spots. I hope this has been helpful for you. This is on theo.fit slash podcast slash 021, okay? how to get stronger faster. I hope this has been helpful for you. Hit me up. Let me know how some of these things have been helpful for you. And again, this is, the, you know, get the book, Finally Fit at Amazon. Uh, fin- again, that's Finally Fit Maxwell, not the old guy, <laughs> not Finally Fit at 50 or whatever. I should have done some name research. Anyway, uh, love you guys. You're an awesome audience. Uh, and again, join our Facebook group and have more personal interaction with me or encouragement from our, our group that's pursuing these same things at theo.fit slash membership. Okay, signing off. Peace.